It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. I tell you what, Rich, I think today we really are going to plow deep. We're going to go to the most important issues of the day, of any day. Mm. And... Uh, so uh, what do you think? I love that new open, Dad, uh, father and son team. Yeah. But we've got some important issues to cover today. I tell you what, I think the most important issue for anyone listening to think about is the day you met the Master. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't done that yet, well, you better think about it and you better take care of it because that is when life begins. And, uh, and here is Donnie Summer to sing about it. Like a babe when it cries for its mother. Like a child as helpless and alone. But then I met the master And now I am one of his home And all things were changed When he found me A new table through All around For I met the master, and now I belong to him. And when he came to me, it's like a blind man walking in the darkness. Lord, on the inside, how I long for some light in King Jesus. And I met the Master, and now I walk no more in the night. When he found me A new table through All around me For I met The master And now I belong And that's 
the best thing that ever happened to this old boy. Yeah, you know, folks, listen now. I don't know how old you are. You may be 16 years old. You may be 10 years old. Or you may be 80 years old. I don't know. But I know the human heart is what it is. And none of us are big shots. Believe me, that is true for each and every one. None of us are big shots. We all know deep inside there is that empty that empty part of us that needs to be fulfilled. And I think that's the way it is for everybody listening to this broadcast right now. Donnie Summer has a powerful testimony of how he came to Christ, and you can hear it in his voice as he sings that song. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's the truth. We go back. We go back through history. You go back through the Billy Graham Crusades all the way back into the 1950s. <laughs> and, of course, there were many wonderful before him. And that is the same old story, isn't it? It's the same story. I tell you what, we're going to be moving into this program pretty fast, but I want to establish, Rich, you know that, uh, that early voting is taking place. People can go and vote and avoid the long lines and take care of their adult Christian responsibilities to stand up and do the right thing for the right reason. So uh, that's why I'm voting early to get it done so I don't have to worry about trying to work it in at the last minute. You know why, Rich? Because I have decided to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, in doing so, I want to do it responsibly and take care of all of the areas of my life that I know are just plain right now, here is, here's a song about that very same subject. Let's enjoy it together. Nearly 200 years ago, a revival took place in Wales, England. And as a result of this revival, many missionaries were called on to foreign mission fields. And many of these missionaries chose as their place of service to go to North India, a place that could best be described as savage. These tribes were famous for a group of men known as headhunters, who as a sign of greatness in their tribe would take the heads of their enemies and hang them on their walls. And it was into this savage tribe that these missionaries came and obviously they were not welcomed by these tribes. But still they, they knew they were called by God and so they continued to share their faith. And they finally reached out to one family who accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this man and his wife and two sons were so contagious about Jesus that they were beginning to lead other villagers and other people from their tribe to Jesus. And the tribal chief got wind of, of, of their faith. And so he called a meeting of the tribe and he, he captured this family and he brought them before the tribe. And he said to the man, he said, renounce Jesus Christ as your Savior or something bad is going to happen to you. He said, we're going to kill your children. And the man, he loved his children. He looked down at his sons and he, he loved them, but he knew that he couldn't renounce Jesus Christ. So he said the words to this famous song. He said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And the archers pulled back their arrows and they shot dead his two sons. I have decided to follow I have decided to follow 
decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And as his sons laid there before him on the ground, dead, the tribal chief said, I'm going to give you another chance. Renounce Christ, or I'm going to kill your wife. And the man looked down at his sons, and he looked at his wife, whom he loved so much, his partner in life. But he knew what Scripture said, that he needed to acknowledge God, acknowledge Christ before men. And he said the second line to this famous song. He said, though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And the archers killed his wife. two sons and his wife lying on the ground in front of him, the tribal chief came before him again and said, Renounce Christ, or this time we'll kill you. And the man, realizing that he had nothing left in this world, looked up at heaven and said the last lines to this song. He said, The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. And in anger, the tribal chief gave the order, and the archers killed the man. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turn. with the man and his two children and his wife dead, the chief stood before this family speechless. He couldn't believe what his eyes had just seen and he realized that through the faith of this man that this God must be real. This Jesus who this man was willing to die for must be real and on the spot the reports tell us that this chief accepted Christ as his Savior. And throughout the, the following weeks and months, the rest of the tribes began to accept Christ as their Savior. All because one man and his family were willing to stand up and say, I've decided to follow Jesus. Though no one goes with me, I'm still going to follow. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Isn't that something, Rich? Yeah, we see that type of commitment to Christ today in in lands over there, especially in the Far East. And remember, or in the Near East, remember uh, Pastor Brunson was two years in a Turkish prison because he wouldn't renounce his faith. And when he got home just a few days ago, he was in the Oval Office at the White House praying on his knees for the president. 
while he had his hand on his shoulder for the president. Folks, listen, uh, what we've just heard is the price that people down through the ages have paid. Now, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Uh, I want you to know front and center, Bot Radio Network is pro-life. Bot Radio Network is pro-life. Uh, Abby Johnson used to be a manager. She was one of the supervisor managers for Planned Parenthood. I don't know if she didn't know any better. I don't know what kind of a home she had been raised in or whether she went to church or not. But she was until one day she was confronted with her choice. And there are many, many others. The media do not talk about them. But everybody is an individual. Everybody has to speak for themselves out of their heart and then act accordingly. Listen to what Abby Johnson says in her own words. I had been lied to by Planned Parenthood. And because of that, I had in turn lied to thousands and thousands of women. That wasn't supposed to happen. This baby wasn't supposed to be, you know, fighting for his life. I mean, that's, that's not what Planned Parenthood has told me. Um, and so, but we had a visiting doctor come in that day, and, and he was describing that, you know, it's actually safer if a doctor can see what he's doing while he's performing surgery. And this is just something I'd never thought about um, before. And he said, well, you know, if time permits, I will uh, call you in and, and show you what using an ultrasound during an abortion looks like. Uh, that time did come, and I was asked to go into the room. So my job was to hold the ultrasound probe in place so the doctor would be able to, in his words, visualize his target. I uh, stood there, we did the measurement, the baby was 13 weeks along, and I, uh, the doctor began the procedure, and I could see the, the, the tube, the, the suction tube, the suction wasn't yet turned on, but I could see that tube going into the woman's uterus. I could see it on the ultrasound screen. And I watched as this tube went right up next to the side of this child. And when it touched this, this baby in the womb, the baby jumped and he began flailing his, his arms and legs as if he were trying to move away from that abortion instrument and the doctor asked the technician to turn on the suction and he said beam me up Scotty and the suction was turned on and I just remember watching this this tiny body of this baby I could see it being twisted and turned on the on the ultrasound screen and I just saw pieces of the baby just disappearing. I knew the pieces were disappearing into the suction machine. And the, the last thing that, that remained on that ultrasound screen for just a moment was this perfectly formed little tiny backbone. I could see it on the screen. That was the only thing that was left. And then all of a sudden, the screen was black. And I knew the abortion was complete. And um, 
and I I left the room I went to my office um, and I just thought that wasn't supposed to happen this this baby wasn't supposed to feel what was taking place this baby wasn't supposed to know that that instrument was there this baby wasn't supposed to be you know fighting for his life I mean that's that's not what Planned Parenthood has told me and uh, I, I knew then in that moment I knew that I had been lied to by Planned Parenthood and because of that I had in turn lied to thousands and thousands of women who came into my facility and so uh, I, knew I, I knew I had to leave, I knew I had to make a change, I didn't know what that was going to be like, I didn't know what it was going to look like, um, but I made the decision to leave. Yeah, and I tell you what, Rich, she has paid a price. She probably would say, oh, it was nothing. It was nothing. But her name has been vilified. She's been made fun of. And uh, probably she's not making much money now compared to what she was doing. But that's where every individual has to make their mm. own decision. And I'll tell you what, folks. In the United States of America, if the United States of America, you can't get the life question right in deciding who you're going to vote for as a citizen, as an adult member of society. If you can't decide who you're going to vote for, can you start with the life question? Because you said something the other day, Rich, if they get it right, really get it right in their heart— on the life question, you can trust them all the way through. Well, they're so foundational. If they get the sanctity of human life right, they tend to get everything else right as a rule. But if they get that wrong, it's like they're on a terrible, slippery slope, bad foundation, and everything else seems to be off kilter and out of sorts yeah. as well. Now, every state, every state that bought Radio Network has radio stations now. There's 120 radio stations, mostly across the Midwest from Texas all the way up to Indiana, and then out in California as well. I can just say a plug here for Jim Patterson. Jim Patterson, you folks in the Fresno area, and you are moving on up to Modesto, mm -hmm. and in through there, Jim Patterson is one person in the California uh, the state house. Yeah, well, the state house that you the can, assembly that you can trust, that you can trust, because he really knows it. Now, who do we have in Indiana that we want to talk to? Oh, Dad, we're going to hear from uh, Indiana Right to Life. Well, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, what's her name? Her name is Kathy Humbarger, and she's also the president of Allen County Right to Life, where right. Fort Wayne, Indiana, all is. Right. But this is for all and of I'll our tell you what, Indiana she is listeners. A wonderful, wonderful person who volunteers and works hard to try and do the thing that is right. Here's what Kathy uh, Humberger said about uh, one race. What race is Mike it? Mike Braun. And this is a very important race in the state of Indiana. So anyone in Indiana, talk to your relatives, for goodness sake. Talk to uh, your friends. Go Talk about it in the church. If you can't talk about right and wrong in the church, where can you do it? So this is what she had to say about this candidate. Well, Joe Donnelly has been in the Senate for uh, one term, and he's up for re-election in this general election cycle coming up. He has a 33%, only a 33% pro-life voting record is scored by National Right to Life. 
So that's only about one-third. That means two-thirds of the time he's not pro-life. That's exactly right. Um, He has voted uh, two times during his uh, time in Washington to continue funding abortion providers like Planned Parenthood. On the other hand, uh, Mike Braun, when he was in the Indiana State House um, as a legislator, had a 100% pro-life voting record. We anticipate that he will do this very same thing when he gets to Washington, and we need every pro-life vote that we can get. That's why this election is so important. I'll tell you what, folks. Let me ask you a question. Who do you trust? Mm. That comes to each and every one of you. Who do you trust when the chips are down and you want to be sure a person with a 100% voting record or one who is less than a third? And you know very well that is when it's convenient. That is when it's nice for them. But a person with a 100% voting record really has it in their bones. Isn't that true? And they have a record to prove it. I want to move to Tennessee because um, because Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, Rich, we've known her. She's pro-life through and through, and she's always fought for the family. She has a strong record. But in the state of Tennessee, who do you trust? The people who are the leaders there. Here's what David Fowler had to say about Marsha Blackburn. And how would you compare Marsha Blackburn and her opponent? Well, I, I would say it would be day and night. Uh, to be honest, Marsha, I actually served with Marsha in the state Senate for four years before she went to Congress. And uh, she's very strong pro-life, very strong on the economic policy issues, very much appreciates the r- religious liberty uh, issues in a strong evangelical church here in the Nashville area uh, that I'm familiar with. Rich, uh, isn't it interesting? Yeah, and he's the head of the uh, Family Action Council of Tennessee, of David Tennessee. Fowler. David Fowler. But, but life and death are really on the ballot in, in a lot of these races. Do you remember it's many years ago, Rich, that you and I, it was either in Nashville or in Memphis, I think it was in Nashville, and we were there for a, a dinner meeting when David Fowler became the head of the Tennessee pro-life um, action there. Mm-hmm. And he's been a good man. He's been trustworthy because he was a good man to start with. And all he's done is build on that trust. Yeah. So uh, when he says what he just goes through saying. And family action council, you have to take action. You have to take action. As a starting point, you have For to vote. For goodness sakes, don't, don't stand around. Don't stand around in the shadows and say, well, I heard on this television commercial or I heard this in the news, read it in the newspaper. For goodness sake, know who you trust and what you're all about. Now, what do we take in Kansas here? You see, Kansas, Kansas is an interesting state, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. It kind of has a lot of, a lot of the swamp people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has a lot of history. Uh, of course, there's in the heart. You know, isn't that interesting? Kansas is also thought of as the heart of America. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, folks, America has heart trouble. America has heart trouble. And in the state of Kansas, there are people that absolutely—I don't care what their party is. And let me tell you, folks, we're not talking about politics. Get that straight. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people who do not like Chris Kobach. And you see the 
the uh, television commercials, and they always have them framed in such a way that they're trying to trying to tell people don't vote for him. But I'll tell you this: I've known him for a long time, a long time, and his wife and his four little girls. Well, let me say this about Kansas and what a difference an election makes because, you know, not too long ago when Kathleen Sebelius was governor and previous, uh, Kansas was known as the abortion capital of America. And then Governor Brownback came in and and, uh, thankfully so many policies changed and he said that it's pro-life, that Kansas is a pro-life state and we're not going back. This election determines whether we go back or not. I guess so, I guess so. But anyway, Donald Lepold, who you and I met in 1991 when we were in Wichita for such a long time over this very same issue. This is what Donald Lepold had to say, and she is the leader of Culture Watch, I think it is, isn't it? Culture Shield. Culture Shield. Here's what she said. I think that we would line up primarily with Chris Kobach. I really don't have any doubt. Uh, Laura Kelly is very aligned with Kathleen Sebelius and has an agenda that would be pro-homosexual and pro-abortion without a doubt. Um, and she would, she would put our state in harm's way, I believe. I think that Chris is a warrior, and that's what we need right now. We need to stand our ground. We need to fight for our religious liberties. He knows the Constitution forward and backward, and I believe that he will represent Kansas so well. And he's a scrapper. Listen, Rich, uh-huh. let's move over to Missouri really quick right. now. And, folks, if you're not in any of these states, the battle is going on in your state. Take our word for it. Here is Bev Allen. Here is Bev Allen talking about Missouri. Those are the three issues that are the most important and pressing for the Christian community. And he's um, not only right on those issues, but he has even defended them um, at the Supreme Court level. And, and how would you rate Claire McCaskill? Rater um, on a scale of 0 to 10 is 0. <laughs> and that's something. Of course, you're talking about Josh Hawley. Right. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of slick television commercials trying to demean him, mm-hmm. trying to make fun of him, or trying to say he's not the trusted person that he really is. And he stands for life and religious liberty. He took the Hobby Lobby case to the Supreme Court for religious liberty and won. All right, we're going to get out of here. Give us the phone number really quick. The phone number for the listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. This is Dick and Rich Bod with this chapter of the Complete Stories of Public Service. See you later.